0: What's going on misfits it's me your host Chloe Hilliard and yes I know I've been slacking but I need you to understand that I have a lot of amazing projects that I'm working on right now that I can't wait to share with you but I can't share right now so you're gonna have to just listen to these episodes of Social Misfit in the meantime. Today's episode we're joined by comedian and black college alumni Aaron Jackson we're talking about HBCUs why Betsy DeVos deserved to get booed and how Steve Harvey's involved with all this. You're listening to Social Misfit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Social Misfit with me, your host, Chloe. Today we are using technology because our guest, comedian extraordinaire Aaron Jackson, is skyping in. Hey. I am. Hey, Chloe. Hey, I'm so excited I was able to do this. And so Aaron is my my guinea pig. Um, this will allow me to interview people from all over the world, really the country, maybe tri-state area, but. Um, I'm so glad we we're able to do this. Thanks, Erin. Yes, because I live on a different planet called New Jersey, and you are <laughs> in <waiting for> Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn, ride or die. So yeah, let's get right into it because this is this is something that was percolating. It's um, yeah, it, it just it makes me laugh and angry at the same time. So Erin Jackson, please read us your social media post. I wrote, um, "How dare the Bethune Cookman president scold those kids? They
1: didn't get a say in who their speaker would be, so they had their say today." They knew damn well what they were going to get. You can't shame students into respecting someone who means them and our community no good. You educated them for four years and then tried to play them for fools. Proud to be an HBCU grad today.
0: Mm, mm, mm. So if anybody has been living under a rock, um, Betsy DeVos, our what is it? the lady that's that's (laughs) destroying our education system she (laughs) she was invited that's the key she was invited by the administration of bethune cookman university in florida to give the keynote address at their 2017 graduation um aaron why do black people do this
1: Well, first of all, if you're listening and you don't know that Bethune-Cookman is a historically black university, that is important information to know. Uh, So, and and the the answer is, I have no idea why (laughs) we do this. Like, you had to know. First of all, the students were already protesting. They already wrote letters and said, we don't want this person to be our commencement speaker, but they insisted on having her and... I was on Twitter. I knew it was happening because I had been, you know, I had seen it in the news, but I didn't pay much attention. And I was on Twitter yesterday morning and somebody posted like, this is where you can watch the live feed. And I was like, no, thank you. I even wrote a tweet like, no, thank you. And then I thought, wait a minute. I think I need to tune into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I, and I started watching it right when they were booing Omarosa. And what? I was like, oh, Omarosa yeah. was there. So were you not, maybe you didn't tune in that early. No, no. she no. was on the day. She was on the stage. She didn't, she didn't receive an honorary degree, it didn't look like, but she was on there in her regalia and they introduced her and uh, they said, you know, whatever, advisor, whatever she is, counselor, and they they introduced her and they booed the hell out of her, booed her twice. And then the president got up and he said, you don't know her, you don't know her story, and neither do I. And they kept booing her and him. Mm. And that's when I knew I needed to stay tuned till Betsy DeVos got on.
0: I don't know why, why, why do... <laughs> southern Christian black folk go so hard to allow white people or people who are against the community a chance like ain't that much salvation in the world
1: I mean I could understand like saying oh we've got a cabinet member speaking at our university but not that one not from this administration and I don't know. I mean, it's something to, sh- to, I guess, to show like we're, we're open and we're better and we're, you know, cause it's a Christian HBCU as well. So to show that we are willing to hear other people out and all that stuff, but it, they, they had to know what they were, what they were setting themselves up for and setting those students up for it. I don't think it was fair to them to yeah. have her as their speaker. Cause
0: they paid for that. Essentially they, they paid for it.
1: Paid for that. They had to be insulted by somebody who knew nothing about historically black universities. No. And who means no good to the black community? The children coming up behind them, and you know, I went to historically black school. I went to Howard University in Washington D.C. So I kind of knew that maybe I should tune in because they're going to cut up. There's, there's no, you can't shame me into nothing because I'm leaving. I'm done. Like, Look,
0: <laughs> you know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very. Happy. So, so the students. So was it as soon as she got on the mic, or they oh, boot her and then? They
1: start,
0: so they, they, what happened was. She was supposed to come
1: up, you know, they read her little bio, they read her bio, they get the hood. They were already booing her then. And then what they said was, so then the president says, uh, I watched the whole thing, bro. President says, well, we're going to have a selection from the choir. And then as soon as they're done, the next voice you'll hear is Betsy DeVos. Well, as soon as the choir got done singing, they started booing again. And the president said, let's just have a word
0: of prayer. Mm -mm. Mm -mm.
1: So, So he prayed to try to shut them down. As soon as he was done praying, they started booing again. Ooh, And they took the camera off the students and you were like why can't we see the students? The camera was on Betsy DeFoss the whole time because the students all got up and turned their backs to her while she was speaking. Yeah.
0: And but you know what I saw cuz you know of course now that this hit the fan there's like multiple camera angles. And so there was right. one angle of somebody like in the back and they were showing the behind the students and most of the students, but not all of the students stood up though. Not right, all not of the all. students stood up. Right, right. And true. I want to know why. Like, why? Because there was a student who went to get up and then he sat back down. Like, he went to get up and he was like, nah, my mom's going to cut my ass. If I... <laughs> <laughs>
1: right,
0: right. Because Probably got a side
1: a, eye from his mama, like, you better keep your you ass in this.
0: I paid for this school. We came here. Right. We drove Man, 14 I, hours. You're going to.
1: stand understand gonna... it. Um, because I can see it both ways. Number one, my first reaction was to be like, how come y'all didn't all stand up? And I'm disappointed in y'all that didn't stand up at the same time. Um, and I don't know if this was their thinking, but I've seen a lot of, you know, other friends and also, you know, HBCU grads who go, nah, they're absolutely going to paint this as disrespectful black children. And you know what I mean? Um, or young adults. And they didn't have any respect for this woman who holds this position, and they're going to spin it not as a protest to policies, but just disrespectful, black kids, white lady, and maybe they didn't want to be a part of that, and and maybe that's the case. But like I said, at this point, you're done. This is your last day there. toe and then
0: he was right. like, and then he threatened, him, was like, if we keep this up, I'm gonna mail, I'm gonna mail your, your degrees, and yeah, you're not gonna pick them up. First of all, you get them in the mail anyway, don't you?
1: I know I got oh, mine in the
0: mail. I,
1: got, I I don't, you know what? Because we had two graduations. So I think I got mine at my actual school graduation, not the big university graduation. Okay. But no, I don't think I got it in the mail. I think I got it.
0: I got mine. Either way. Well, I went to a school with like 40,000 yeah. students.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had like 5,000 undergrads in my school. So it's yeah. a big difference.
0: I definitely, I got mine in the mail and it was in one of those like flat, uh like, you know, the flat envelopes, you know, like the big one, like an eight by 11 or whatever. And it right. was in my closet for a good 10 years. I finally got it framed and I, then, and then it's framed, but it's still wrapped from when I picked it up. I haven't hung it up yet because now I'm, I'm like what's the point like I, I feel like I should just keep it wrapped up so when I have like grandkids they could just find it in the attic like oh great grandma was smart I
1: find it to show proof that I actually did work hard work the struggle for something <laughs> <laughs> like I had a, tried a chance um before I decided to just do comedy but um no I I here's the thing not only does she hold the policies and represent this administration that just it wants to decimate the education system? But HBCUs are notoriously difficult crowds. Like, mm-hmm. that's just it just is what it is. I went to a school where we booed. We booed everybody. We used to say, you got booed at Howard. You went on to become a star. We booed Maxwell. We booed the Fugees, We. I mean, we booed. <laughs> we just booed. Why? I, Why? I don't, here's the thing. I don't really know why, because I've, I've seen it in comedy. Have you ever performed comedy at HBCU?
0: Um, I think so. Once down south somewhere. But see, I don't okay. do well in the south. So don't get me in a line. Let me tell no, you. No,
1: no. I've done it as well. And even as an HBCU grad, like it's tough. It's a, it's a tough room. And I think especially for comedy, let me start there, is that. I think, um, and I used to say I don't understand it because I know these students, and I know in any other situation, if they were even if they weren't enjoying something, they would sit there and act like adults. But comedy, I always thought, was different because I think people are so conditioned to the kind of comedy where uh, somebody's gonna jone on you or somebody's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, um, you can really interact and and almost like a showtime at the Apollo conditioning
0: yeah like, they want be- yeah the black student audience wants to be talked to and made fun of but not too want much to be the
1: show right, yeah. right right
0: yeah and they don't want to hear happening. and they don't want to hear anything that's not based in their reality right
1: exactly and that's what I would say but but if you take those same students because these are educated young people you take them uh two miles down the road to the local comedy club and improv or something like that they would sit there and enjoy the show and do whatever they wouldn't behave like that it's just so it's it's um wait why why did y'all why did y'all boo maxwell though well he was nobody when they came <laughs> and he, was this, he was this weird dude with big hair and he was talking about like music it was not the kind of music that was like in the 90s you know maxwell was new that whole new like uh what was it neo uh, soul neo soul right <laughs> neo soul thing was kind of we're like who is this dude what is you know um and so, and people were—he was—he never came back when he was famous. He didn't come back, of course not. And I don't blame him. But I, I you know, even as a as a black person who went to an HBCU, I know that I don't—I got booed so bad at an HBCU one time, Chloe performing. I'll never forget it. It was—I don't know how many years ago it was, but I remember it was Halloween. Mm. I remember it was Halloween because before I even said anything, they were booing me Mm-mm. and Chloe. So that's how I knew. Like they were booing me to the point where I was like, "Is this like a Halloween boo? Like I don't understand. Are they (laughs) are they trying to scare me? Like is this like this has to be a joke?" And I got up there. I was maybe ten minutes into my set, and they were they were not listening. But not only were they not listening. So they were talking and they were booing. And it was like a little group of kids that were actually paying attention and laughing. But they were like, who is she? She's not Kevin Hart, basically. Like, we don't know her oh, boo.
0: Yeah, the thing yeah. is that, like, like, black students piss me off. You know, you and I have done a lot of colleges. You more than me. They annoy the hell out of me because they have, like, this arrogance and ungratefulness about, like, have an opportunity to be entertained like why do i have to be kevin hart like can't you just right. take an hour out of your terrible college life to just be like <laughs> let me just enjoy your show it's like oh, oh I no and the worst is like it's so funny because whenever i do shows and you know it's always mostly a mixed audience or mostly white and like the right. white kids are coming to be like oh my god you are so funny can we take a picture and the black kids be like so who this bitch and then walk out and i'm like why are you mad at me <laughs> I can't
1: like, I'm, so- I'm sorry I'm me. Yeah. I'm so- and you know what? It's so funny because also when I went to school, we um I got a whole different thing. I like I work with student activities and, and stuff like that in, in college. And the way college colleges buy comedy, for instance, um, most schools tend especially majority institutions, they tend to go to these like conferences where they can see comedians and bands and stuff. They they buy you and they're just programming for a Tuesday night. Right. It doesn't matter what it is. It's somebody come for an hour on a Tuesday night. You don't have to be super famous. Um, They're not paying a ton of money for you. But it's 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 entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the school I went to, we didn't have comedy shows like that. Like when we had comedy, it was for homecoming. It was for our black arts festival or something like that. And It was a it was right? a known so,
0: person. It was a, it was a big person. Big thing, yeah.
1: Right. So it was like the biggest name out there would come um like I remember one year when I was in college I'm not gonna date myself where well, I am if I say who the comedian was so never mind but <laughs> <laughs> we well, had, yeah, you know what I mean you would have the Kevin Hartier day mm-hmm. at school and you would have two big comedy shows a year and so that's what you're conditioned to so if you just happen to get a show where somebody brings a show and they, and, it, and it's just local comics or a comic from Missouri that's really really funny they're like no what is this you know mm-hmm. um so they're not they're not as into it but yeah, somebody should have told Betsy DeVos that she was, because they, they, they set her up for the setup.
0: No, 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 they don't. They didn't set her up. See, because this is the issue. Old black people do not appreciate, nor do they foster progressiveness and independence in younger black kids. So that administration thought that they was going straight up old school plantation de these kids into servitude and shut them the hell up and it ain't going to work. That's why he was mad. He was mad because he couldn't control those kids because oh, they they still have this mentality that we control you. Black kids are not allowed to be free and speak out. That, like that's the same, same reason why embarrassing. It's up. embarrassing to us. Right. And I'm looking at you like president um of this school. You don't even have a a real Twitter following. So you didn't even know that people was roasting you on Twitter because I looked him up. He got like four hundred followers. <laughs>
1: yeah it, it 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 really was and the, and the thing is i i i would imagine what i thought was like she was like oh yeah an opportunity to to speak at an hbcu like this is what i need for my i don't
0: know to- no, she ain't doing shit she ain't doing nothing you know when she got her first day off one of her tweets was like where are the pencils at bitch why are you <laughs> using pencils in 2017 get your entire life together <laughs> she ain't do shit at work they were like hey betsy you doing nothing no nah, i'm sitting here chilling you want to go speak at a school for yeah of course Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. But uh, but I but I know. But I do think that
1: that they thought the optics of her at an HBCU, especially like, would be good. They
0: didn't expect this. They should have. How they could didn't. they? That's what I'm saying. Like that the mentality, like at what age do black people go from being like out there activists? Well, I'm talking out, about the,
1: her administration. Oh, you think her? Oh, yeah. Of course. They I didn't don't think, think they didn't know. Oh, you yeah, know, no. they didn't
0: know. No, they didn't know at all. It's so problematic though, because it really it really shows this generational generational divide, and you see it all. I mean, you see it all the time, like in and every black community. Like you know, not to bring him up, but like you know, when Cosby was shitting on young guys, being like, "Pull your pants up," you know, like right. it's like, "Oh, really, 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 really." <laughs> right. So I don't know what it is, but it's just like this. This I think it's like a cultural thing where older black folks don't want to be embarrassed by younger black folks. And they don't even want to hear the message. Like they weren't concerned about why these kids were upset. They wanted to look good for themselves, which is the same reason why all of those idiots, all of these black um, school presidents went to the fucking oval office and got played. Right. And even after that, when one of them spoke out, I can't remember which one, but when he spoke out, I think it was Clark, the president of Clark, when he spoke out, they fired him. They let him go. Like, no, you can't. You can't speak out about the fact that we got embarrassed. We don't want people to know that we are embarrassed, right? And then, yeah, just,
1: just they we are pawns and used for photo ops, and then they're still gonna shit on us. So, you know, I think our mentality in this generation and the one coming up behind us is just kind of like, look, you guys protested in your way. We have these ways now where we can. Get it out to the world right away and show everybody how we feel right now, um, because of social media and stuff like that. And we just do it differently. And you know, the same way your parents told you don't be out marching in the street all day. You go get, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's just a different way of doing it for a different generation. And the respectability politics of it are just, it's kind of, it's so tired.
0: It's so tired, tired. but I think it's even more perverse in the South because their, their, their connection to Christianity is just way more, it's just deeper than it is in the North. You know, like I'm, I'm from New York city, born and raised, right? My dad's from the Midwest. My mom, she's from New York, but her parents are from South Carolina. So I had, Mm -hmm. I had maternal grandparents who were very like by the book, spare the rod, spoil the child christian listen to me don't talk back like so i was around that and Mm -hmm. so i know that you know culturally southern southerners just have this like kids don't matter like your opinion is doesn't matter i pay the bills i put clothes on your back i feed you i don't give a fuck about your feelings you want feelings? Go have your own family. <laughs> like yeah. you're, you're quiet until you're able to leave, and I think that continues. And then it's like when you do want to speak out, then they want to hit you with the prayer. Like, well, let's pray because you're angry. Right. Now, well, let's talk about why I'm angry. Like, right, the fact, that's the, the underlying issue. Yeah, right. like look at look at Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof went in there and killed those innocent people in the church, and the next minute we gonna pray. We gonna pray and pray for this young man. If you don't get the fuck out of here, like the
1: Bible doesn't say, and I'm a Christian, but the Bible doesn't say you can't be angry. It said you can't ever be angry. It said eventually forgive. But I just, and I, I, I guess it's wrong, or I don't know what it is to just go. It's okay to take some time to be angry. Like you, do you really forgive him right away? Like, yeah. or is that just? What you feel the Christian thing is to do, because it's okay to be mad as hell because somebody came in there and shot up your family member. It's perfectly, it's perfectly natural to do that. I don't think, um, you know, anger is a real thing, and yeah. you get over it, and you process, and you pray about that.
0: All I'm saying you is know? Jesus ain't have Pilate give the prayer at the Last Supper. Okay, <laughs> he
1: did not. So. And and out of school, it's it's even more troubling because the whole point of college is to to become a better independent thinker and yeah. a person who's. So you know you know what I mean. So in an institution like that, to go no, because they tried it the other way, right? They tried it. They tried to say, "Don't even bring her here. We don't want this. We protest this." Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Hear that. So you think you're just gonna walk over me? And you you know yeah.
0: And, and so I got it, and I'm
1: so proud. And I saw you know I have a, a a friend and Facebook friend that is um, a college professor, and she's been a professor at a majority school, and she's now a professor at a at a, an HBCU. And they were there were calls all over Facebook for people for other like professors, uh, HBCUs and black professors to kind of write a letter of encouragement and support. Um, and they were all signing on to it, like g- collecting signatures to sign on to this this letter that they were going to um, to distribute to the media to say, you know, we stand with these kids, students, and support them, and we're behind them, and we understand what they were trying to say. And they and it was valuable what they did. And you know, I think that's important too for people who do get it. And are a little older, but are in positions where they, you know, to to actually stand up and say, no, this wasn't blatant disrespect of black people of this woman or these children of this. It it wasn't that it was them having to say they weren't given. Yeah, Um, I think it's I think it's dope that they're doing that.
0: Yeah. And I also think and also think that, you know, when you look at the headlines today about it and they were like students heckle and then it's like, well, let's think about it. How she shouldn't have been in the first place. Let's let's just address that. She shouldn't have been there. And I think that it's really sad because now, like you said, people look at them as being like, oh, look at these these animals, these, you know, whatever you want to paint them, like these out of control kids. And, and then they're going to be like, well, this is why they don't need any money from the government. This is why these schools don't need money. That's what I was saying. I
1: understand why some people, even if they go, I, I don't, I agree with the message, why they see how it's going to be spun as problematic, you know, and then, and it's, yeah. It's a shame, but that is the reality. I mean, we can't we can't ignore that. Either. But the
0: only thing is it's problematic if you continue to want praise and and finance support from people outside of your community. Because there's no reason why a school says, you know what, we don't need the president, we don't need the government. We're gonna raise money, we're gonna go to these, you know, black celebrities, we're gonna go to our alumni, we're gonna make our own way, we're gonna take you know, cause this is the thing though, and this is what I realized. My brother goes to an Ivy League school and His school has, not only do they have endowments, but they invest money in stocks. They have money, they have venture capitalists that generate money for the school. Not only that, but the individual sor- sororities and fraternities and secret societies, they too have their own endowments and their own venture capitals. That's so, just not the case with historically black schools. I know, schools. but that's something and, that could be built. Like that's something that, there's no reason why it can't be. There's no reason why all of these, no, the divine nines yeah. can't have an endowment.
1: No, and there there, there isn't, um, but it's, it's just, you know, I... Not only did I go to an HBCU, but I worked. Um, I worked in admissions for an HBCU, and so I, 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 I. And you don't have to work in admissions to do that, but I. But I've done it, and I've done marketing for them, and it's 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 really interesting because you know, like the school I went to, it was started by an act of Congress. I mean, that's how our school started. So mm-hmm. they've always had that funding, and and so many HBCUs have closed. School that boom <laughs> school that booed me off they just closed now. Ooh, um, ooh. Karma. <laughs> hashtag no, that's wrong. But um, <laughs> but it's just it, it's it's hard. we don't we don't I mean, some schools do excellent with with their money and and raising money Uh, like like Hampton University. My parents both graduated from there. Their president is excellent in terms of, of development and uh, their alumni give back. But our alumni just just it needs to change. And it's something that that HBCU presidents are constantly, you know, uh, striving towards is to to increase endowment and to increase alumni giving because it's, it's paltry. It really, really is. And, um, for any number of reasons, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're a long way from there and to, to have it snatched is people's worst. Um, I mean, it's, it's a nightmare scenario, right? So if, if you're sitting here and you're the president and as much as we, we also say, I mean, I, I, I always feel like I'm playing both sides, but I just, I try to be pragmatic when I'm having, when when I'm thinking through something and I'm kind of just thinking through it now Mm -hmm. is like, I can look at that president and go, dude, you sell out like you, you know, what are you doing? Trying to shut these kids down at the same time. Now I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, but if you were at that meeting and, and that, that, you know, you're trying to get funding for your universities and you know, you're going to go under without it. How do you feel? Right. You're like, no. You know, like I invited these people here to, to see how great my school was or something like that. I'm just trying to think through it from another person's perspective. So I mean, misguided as I think that is, um, it's a reality. Like we don't we don't have an NYU endowment or a a, mm-hmm. a, a Ivy endowment. Um and and it But just, it's something uh, that
0: can that it's something that can be done. Like it's not too late and I feel like at this no, point in, instead of groveling and getting on your knees and kissing the ring then all of those presidents need to come together and say well shit why don't we just do a, a regional endowment that we all put money into that we invest like there's black stock brokers and people on Wall Street who be like yeah I'll help y'all out I'll teach teach you what to do they should be teaching that in school anyway because Mm -hmm. that's another thing that we have to do with the black community we don't know nor do we promote generational wealth so we don't Mm -hmm. pass money down from generation to generation so if a school is able to to introduce that in curriculum and teach kids then that kid who learned that at that school and graduates and takes that graduate money and invest it then in 10 okay. years we'll say of course I will give you $50,000 university that I graduated from because you set me on a path of financial freedom but we too afraid to step out and just say you know what, I don't need your handout I don't need your acceptance and I think that's an issue that people don't really address especially in the south because like race relations in the south and the north is so different like I'm from the north yeah. so like you know, black people, people like, yo, suck my dick white, man. I don't give a fuck. Like, we don't care. I mean, we'd be poor as shit, but it's like, I'm not going right. to grovel. I'm not going to grovel. I'm not going to buy into the system. I mean, you know, New York is really a segregated si- a city. And so yeah. black people here, you can live in a hood and not see white people until they move in next door <laughs> and take mm-hmm. over your holes. Right. So, you know, <laughs> shit. But, but there's 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 a defiance up here that that I don't see when I go down south. Yeah, no,
1: it's, it's, it's true. It's true. And we still have so many, I mean, even at this point, still so many first generation, first to go to college in my family students, right. That, that are at HBCUs. And um, what you also have though, is a, is an enormous number of, you know uh, the number of students because this was always taken into consideration like working in admissions like you would have qualified kids and at some point you have to go all these kids are qualified but we got to have some full pay students Mm, right mm -hmm. like somebody's got to pay the bills everybody can't be on financial aid yeah because how are we you know so you still deal with so much of of that and so our students and, and again not making excuses just talking reasons you know what I mean in terms of okay, now I finally, I found a way to get the education. I'm the first person in my family or first generation of my family to to go to university, but I had to do it all on loans. Right. Cause I, you know, my family couldn't afford to send me. So I did it all on loans. So before I can give back to Howard <laughs> or before I can get back to wherever I went, I've got to make money. Yeah. I've got to pay these, I've got to pay these loans back because, cause, cause 75, 80% of us are on it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's just um, a different, a different. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have older alumni that have been successful, but the the bulk of the younger students, they just we don't have the they don't have the resources, they don't have the jobs, they have loans. Their first priority can't be giving back to the alma mater. And so, what I'm saying is, there's there's it's it's um there are a lot of reasons. It's not just one way to to get out of it, but absolutely every. We should be working to be as as self-sufficient as possible as as minority institutions for sure.
0: But that's the uh-huh. irony of it, because all, most of these historically black colleges started that way to right. make the black newly freed, emancipated community independent. That's why they right. focused on agriculture and, you know, farming and yeah, machinery education. like yeah, education, right. teaching like it that was the initial intent of it. So right. in your opinion, what do you think happened? Like what kind of made it wither away? I mean, was it just Black kids being like, I'd rather go to a, a predominantly white school?
1: No, no, no. I, I really don't think it's that. I, I don't think that. I mean, obviously, you, you always hear the argument of, do we even need these schools anymore? But um, I, I would always say the answer is yes. I, I don't know. I don't know that it was anything besides the fact that college got so expensive. <laughs> college got so expensive. My mother talks about when my mother went to college, she was so glad she, she she was glad she graduated the year that she did because tuition was going to be almost a thousand dollars the next year, and she was like, "There's no way I could pay a thousand dollars for the college, right?
0: Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> sure, one year,
1: no way." So I I I just I don't know all the reasons, but I I, I just think that getting into a university and having the opportunity to do it, that was provided by HBCUs because we couldn't even go anywhere. It wasn't like we had the option, right? Contrary to what Betsy DeVos seems to think. Um, So getting into college and being able to just have the opportunity to go was something that we were breaking our backs for, you know, in the the first generations of people that were able to go to college and and even later generations. So I think, um, you know, a lot of HBCUs, You know, I, they. You look at schools that had to merge, schools that had. To, I really, I
0: really don't even have an answer for that. Yeah, but what was that, your experience? Like, what made you decide to go? I mean, you grew up in, in the South, right? Below no, no, no. I'm Jersey. Jersey. i grew up from oh, Jersey. Why did I think? Oh, because um, you lived in Maryland, right?
1: Did you? I lived in D.C. because I went to Howard and stayed. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but no, I'm from Jersey. I grew up in Jersey. But both my parents are from. Well, both my parents are originally from Georgia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My dad, um. So like your family, you know, my dad spent his teen years in South Jersey, but um, both my fam- parents are from Georgia. They met at Hampton University. So both my parents went to college, but, you know, their parents didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think my dad's grandfather went to school. Uh, my yeah, dad's the same
0: thing with my. No, no, no. no. My, my my dad's mom went to college in cosmetology wow. school. She My, my dad's mom is amazing. I should probably like write about her. She was the first woman and black person to be a mailman in the state of Indiana wow and then she also got a cosmetology so she was a hairdresser a mailman <laughs> she did everything she did I a lot it. of stuff yeah but Selfless. but my mom's side is the same thing like her i'm coming parents. to your
1: house anyway i'm coming to your house anyway <laughs> with your mail let me hook you up
0: yeah <laughs> but so much yeah but my dad's but my mom's mom is the same thing like grandparents probably maybe had a sixth seventh eighth grade graduate like education. And then both my parents met at Brooklyn College, in college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So same thing. So my parents, um, went to an HBCU. My dad was a champion of his school. I mean, my dad was like, you know, a Sunday school teacher, everything extraordinaire. And if he couldn't, if he couldn't get every kid at our church to Hampton university, he and he, he was a failure. Um, and he got a lot of kids to go. My parents were, I mean, I went to i went to their school for every little event. It was like overkill, which is why I didn't go to that school. But they told <laughs> me, you're, you're going to a historically black university. Like, I remember sending off, like, uh, requests for, like, packages for, you know, admissions packages just to uh, view books and stuff like that when I was in high school. My dad was, like, taking them out of the mail. Like, you're not going to any of those schools. You're going to an HBCU. So pick one. Damn. Um, Yeah, it was it was real because I wanted to major. I I majored in television production. I was looking at Syracuse and Boston University. My dad was like, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And I picked Howard's Sight Unseen. It It had, you know, um, it had a a radio station, two radio stations, a commercial station and a student station. It had an actual PBS station on campus. Um, it was in D.C. And that was at the time when it was like, oh, my God, I can go to D.C. and intern at BT. Like they have everything. And, and it's a major area and I can public transportation. Like it felt like being, you know, the furthest south you could be, but still be in the north to me. Um, and still feel like I was, you know, not too far south. And so I went to D.C. I mean, I went to Howard and I didn't even go to see it. I was just like, I'll go there. That sounds like an, ex- an excellent school. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I went and it was just the best. Time of my life. I mean, I, I I cannot overstate how how valuable it's been to me in terms of just the connections I've made as people, the way that I view things, um and just kind of uh the responsibility. I mean, it was you know, you go to historically black school, you learn. You know, I mean you don't learn academically? You know, like black people science is just science, right? Yeah. But like <laughs> you're gonna hear more about the contributions of people of color and Mm -hmm. you're going to have professors from all kinds of backgrounds, but in terms of like responsibility to community and what you do with the knowledge after you leave here and still feeling, feeling connected to the people that were at your campus before you, like, Oh, Sophie Carmichael was here before you, you know what I mean? And, and, and this is where, you know, uh, Thurgo Marshall began to argue Brown versus board this campus here. And just, it was just a, a beautiful thing to see even the, even the class clown was brown and brilliant. Yeah. And I love that um, about my school. So and now I have lots of couches to sleep on when I travel the country. <laughs> now I have lots of people. Um, but no. So, I mean, to me, it was like you go to HBCU and then if you want to get a graduate degree, you go somewhere else and try out a different kind of institution. But having my feeling grounded in um, in that HBCU experience, I think is just uh, there's nothing like it me
0: yeah I definitely wanted to I thought about it I thought about it especially you know watching a different world I was like oh my gosh I want to go to a black school they you know they have step shows and you know a place you can get fried chicken with Mr. Pitt or whatever his name was um but I didn't apply. I think I might have applied to Howard. I was adamant about going to a school with a good journalism program. So I think, yeah. I think I did apply to Howard, but I did Syracuse. I did my big thing. I wanted to go to the University of Maryland because the National Association of Black Journalists was there. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can go there. I applied to Temple, and then I ended up going to NYU by like kind of by accident. Like I went there because the I played basketball, and the coach came to a game to scout someone on the other team. And I was guarding that girl and I was better than her. And mm-hmm. so they were like, hey, would you want to go to NYU? And I was like, all right. You know, because I didn't apply because I was like, I can't afford it. I'm never going to be able to afford NYU. You so went to NYU it. in a basketball
1: scholarship?
0: Well, it's Division three, So, you know, it's not a scholarship. A scholarship. But right. but because I'm from New York City and I had good grades, you know, I was able to get a lot of um, in-state Uh, funding Pell Grants and scholarships. And so, you know, of course, they pulled those strings and made it happen. But if I had done it on my own, I wouldn't have gotten all the money that I got as a result of being on the team. So that's kind of how it happened. But then also, I think in the back of my mind, I didn't know. I didn't know how well I would have done at a black school because I went to predominantly black public schools and elementary schools, and I was tormented. So I think in my mind, I was like, I always felt that I wasn't like cool black enough to be in a black environment. But that's the thing. That's the
1: thing about HBCU because it's all the black people, like yeah. the black people that felt like you, the black people that were the coolest kids. And there's a spot for everybody to, 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 to flourish, which is, which is what I thought was. So, I mean, you know, you had the, the these, these weird fine arts kids, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The artists, and they're just sitting barefoot playing their guitar in the yard. And you had All the things you have at another school, but everybody, so it was like, you know, I think uh, a lot of people think black, right? Like everybody's black. Like, how is that not homogenous? And I'm like, yeah, but black is a lot of things. Black is Africa and the Caribbean and black is black from England and black is black from Haiti and black, you know, and it was, it was, um, to me, it was just like, look at all these different people that look like me, but are so different and have so many different experiences i think that's what people miss you think black you think african-american and that's not what it is you know what i mean and our professors were from everywhere Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it wasn't just like we only had black professors and only black you know but we had you know my 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 professor who taught script writing uh she was you know she had 13 peabody's and she was teaching Mm. college right teaching me script writing freshman year like what are you doing here you know what I mean? But they were working professionals who could say not only what it takes to be a good radio producer or what it takes to be a good screenwriter, but also this is what you're going to deal with as a woman, black person in this industry. And these are the hurdles that you're going to have to overcome. And this is how I did it. You know what I mean? So you get not only the the knowledge that you need, you know, in, in the industry, but you get perspective and, um, you know, a mentor and a person who you can come back two years, you know, I, I just and I don't know what it's like at another school, but I just know that like there, I still have professors that I'm in touch with, mm-hmm. you know, and we're Facebook friends and we talk and we see each other. When I go to LA, you know, I see these professors and it's, it's, um, it's not something that I always hear from my friends who went to other schools. So, you know, cause I'll, I'll talk to friends and they'll be like, yeah, all my friends were black. Like I went to UVA and I joined the bsu and like i can do with all the black people i'm like so how is that different <laughs> like, did you not you you didn't make the connection with the white folks what was the point of going to that school like i yeah. was saying
0: I, and um, it's so interesting. I think the the reason why I have a connection with white people not it's like some deep one but <laughs> like it's because of basketball. Basketball to right. me was the was a natural equalizer. It wasn't about what you what your race was, it was about how, your your ability to perform and your ability to keep the team a team and 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 not it wasn't about yourself. Yeah. So. I don't know. I, there was And it's interesting because it was a program at NYU where um, for a semester you they had a exchange pro- program with Historically black Colleges. And so mm-hmm. all the black kids at NYU would be so happy when we saw new black kids walk in the cafe. They're like, oh, there's a new one. There's a new one. Hey, let's hang out. What's up? And this one girl, she she was there for a semester and she pressed my, she was pressing everybody's hair. I was like, you definitely go to a black school. She had like the old school press oven. Like, you wow know, the one that you put the comb inside mm-hmm. all right i was like who just ha- who just happens to walk around with this she was like girl listen i make so much money i did
1: hair i did dorm hair at college are you mm-hmm. kidding me oh yes i didn't i gave a mean relaxer and a style i mean i didn't i didn't have to i didn't actually do nobody was Nobody was really natural back then
0: nobody was natural <laughs> nobody was natural back then are you kidding me
1: they yeah, look at yeah. You like
0: you were crazy right I went natural, I think my sophomore year, I just cut, I cut my hair off and went mm-hmm. short and people like, mm, okay, if you want. <laughs> and then is that the- when
1: I met you? I remember I met you and then you cut your hair. I don't know if it's. Oh, I cut,
0: I've cut my hair like three or four times. I'm not okay. cutting it anymore. No. I. And I cut, when I cut, I go to the barbershop and I'm like, shave it off.
1: Right, right, he right. He did me time, wrong. Like, right after I had just met you, I was like, ooh, that is sharp on you. But yeah. I didn't, I was like, I don't
0: think you were in college. No, yeah. girl, no. I started comedy at 20. 20- Nine, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. 28 29 oh wrong. really mm-hmm. oh wow yeah. okay what about you how did you get and you say so you're saying you went to school for television production and you worked in administration yeah. office admissions office so how did you get into comedy
1: so yeah i went to school for tv production worked at cnn um worked at a bunch of tv did, did, you know some tv stuff my public tv worked at cnn in, uh, in dc and then um just was broke and so decided that I uh, would go back and get a job at Howard because my um, I had been a student ambassador and, and worked study work study in the um, in the admissions office when I was in college. So I knew everybody there and I was like, oh, what if I just apply for this job as a recruiter and I could get some health assurance and just sit still while I figure out what I want to do? And. Um, wound up, you know, coordinating campus tours at Howard. So I was the person who, you know, ran the student ambassadors and all that stuff. And so I was really like, I'm, I'm pro Howard. Like I got paid to tell people to go to Howard. So mm. <laughs> I'm a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, and then after that, I just wound up, I wound up moving into marketing and, and, and marketing for higher education. Then I worked at a newspaper that, um, was the, like the, the higher education newspaper vertical. Like it was just like the one in the, the top industry higher education newspaper. So I always kind of worked in higher education after I left uh, TV. And then I then I started working at the school where I hated the job. And I was like, I need something to do so I don't hate my day every day. And my boyfriend at the time, we had just started dating and he dared me to do comedy. Because I had said, he was like, what would you try if you could try anything? And I said, comedy, I didn't even know that was in me. And he was like, well, you could do that. It's not like you want to be astronaut, like do comedy. Like, <laughs> I was like, no, what are you talking about I don't know how to do that and he um found a class for me to go to I went to a one-day seminar and I learned everything I needed to know about being comedian uh, in three hours and I started uh just going to open mics at night and that was just it because I hated my day job and I needed some laughter and I met some new friends and I was like oh this is fun and uh and that's it it was probably like two years after I got out of school I would say
0: um, oh really to only so wait you did all of that two years after you graduated college Mhm. You had all those jobs. No, no, I no, I did. I started comedy two years after I
1: started college. I was already doing the other jobs while I was. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I started comedy, um, and then all through the next couple jobs, I was still
0: doing comedy. Did people tell you? Did people tell you were funny? Is that what made you think, or you thought I'm funny and I'm going to do this?
1: Yeah, I just thought I was kind of sarcastic or funny. I don't think people think I'm
0: like I'm not because I was never. Um, ha ha ha. Right. Were you that? No, definitely never. Before I started doing comedy, no one would be like, you should do comedy. They would just say, you're funny. But I was funny, like interpersonal funny. I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk to a room and just start cracking jokes. Like I would be the person in the back. Like I would be in a funeral cracking jokes about how terrible the singer was. And then people were like, you ain't shit. And I'm like, I know.
1: Right, right. Yeah. That That was, that was kind of the same thing. I didn't even, I mean, it was just for me, it was, it was just fun. And I had never even thought of it. It was I,
0: how long into comedy did you stop working? Um, I want to say. So I had a, I had a full time job my first year of comedy and then mm-hmm. I left that job and I was at another job, but I got to work from home. And so that was okay. my way of being like, I'm going to make a transition and be able to work from home and then go out. But that job was still really demanding. So okay. I left that one and I would say my third, like by my third year of comedy, I was still wow. consulting. Like I was consulting, like I had clients, mm-hmm. I had clients, I had unemployment <laughs> and mm-hmm. then um, and then that's when I started doing colleges Okay. And then I got on Last Comic Standing. So when I was on Last Comic Standing, when when you, you and I were on it together, I was my third year of comedy.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you? And then after that, you didn't. You didn't. No. After that, I was just a job, job anymore. Yeah. No. After that, I was just full, full time colleges comedy. So I. Let's see. I. Yeah, it took me five
1: years to quit my job, um, but I had I had done last comic once i had done comedy central i had been on ellen and i still was going to work every day like, <laughs> like I, so I mean i was like i don't have enough work and i remember being on the ellen show and she was like so you still have a job i was like oh yeah because i had this great job at this newspaper that i had five weeks paid vacation right so if i needed to take a thursday friday to go on the road it was no problem i did online advertising so i could do it from anywhere right and i was like yo this is a perfect job like why would i quit and 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 I remember being on Ellen and she said that and she was like, "You so are you thinking about quitting? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And uh, she's like, yeah, I think you should try it. <laughs> and um, that was like in September. By that February, I had quit my job, but only because I had booked a bunch of colleges. Like I had gotten the national yeah. and booked some. So I knew, OK, I'm going to be good for one year. And if it don't work after a year, I'll just go back and they'll hire me. I know they will. <laughs> um, they'll have me back. They need me. And uh, every year I just kept doing it. So I've been full time for about eight years now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Isn't it interesting? Like there are moments, especially like when you're home and you don't have anything to do. And you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, I really just do this for a living.
1: Yeah. I, I quit all the time though. What? In my head. Oh, I quit comedy all the time. I'm like, this is it. I'm not living like this no more. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a normal life where I could like hang out with my friends on the weekend, and um, and then I'm like, no, I'm not. No, because you <laughs> think, not gonna
0: do that. like I was out the other night and I was talking to some friends, and they're not in comedy, and they were like, yeah, I gotta get home, I gotta go to work in the morning. I was like, <laughs> no way. Like, I had to go into the city yesterday for a meeting, and I was like, oh, taking a train every day, nope. No. And I don't even like I, to me, it's for
1: me because I don't live in the city. I'm like, oh, the city during the daytime like, it's gross. <laughs> when I'm like, why would I want to see all this? I'll just wait till it's dark. Like it's 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 a weird life because when I first started, when I first started, like when I stopped working, I was like, what do I do all day? You it's find just...
0: things, you know, my day consists of I told my friend this other day. She was like, I hate you. I wake up around mm, 930. Yeah, I wake mm-hmm. up around 930. Um, three days a week I go to my trainer at ten. Mm-hmm. And then after my trainer, um I'll do house stuff, whatever I need to do, clean up, wash dishes, walk my dog, and then um pretty much that's it. And then I find something else <laughs> to do and then I go to my shows. And then I now I started doing hot yoga three days a week, so that gets me out the house. Nice. And um today I'm gonna to do hot yoga and then take my dad to the movies and that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> somewhere in there you write a couple jokes you know i mean but to... see
0: i don't write like that I, I can't write jokes at a desk i can't just sit down and be like okay i'm gonna write jokes so i i uh-huh. go out and i experience like i experience things like my life leads to my comedy right you have to go out and do things so no, for I go, sure out, yeah so i have stuff now i'm working on stuff about like hot yoga you know like there's things that i do
1: so you can write that sh- write that shit off
0: this is research Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, you know, you know, did you did you get a notice? Do you, do you have your own business? I don't. OK, so I have a business. And so now because it is presidency, you get people. If you have your own business, you get a, a letter in the mail saying that you have a mandatory first payment for your projected 2017 taxes. So that's the way of getting money out of you now. Because mm-hmm. they know they're about to destroy this whole shit, so they just want money for you know the weapons. I made it. I made one estimated payment last year. I was real proud of myself. I was like, I made a payment because
1: usually I just I just am like, how much do I? Have?
0: Yeah, I did that this year, and you know what's so crazy though, and I was so mad at myself that I did this. So I had a I had towards the end of twenty sixteen. Before elections, before election day, maybe like a week before, I paid down like a couple thousands of dollars. I was like, I got it and we just do it and be done with it. And as soon right, as I right. fucking paid it, I was like, why did I do? What if he wins? I don't want him to have my money. I would rather be penalized and kept that money in my bank account. I Yo, I was so upset. It's <laughs> gone though. I couldn't get it back. No,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting life. It's funny how, you know, you think when you're younger, I know what my life is going to be. When Mm -mm. I was in college, I I was young and bright, black, and I was going to do all this different, you know, I thought I knew what life was going to be. And as it wasn't turning out, you know, I had a job I hated and I wasn't working in an industry that I thought I wanted to work in. And I was like, this is this doesn't feel like success. Yeah. Right. And then you just don't you have no clue that your life is not what you imagined it would be when you were 18. You're like, what do you mean? It's not gonna go this way, um, but I'm so grateful for all the twists and turns, and even, even, I mean, even the struggle, um, because I think it's taught me so much about myself. Like I was so, I'm a very, I mean, I don't know, if, <laughs> I mean, maybe you go, I, I can tell that Aaron, but like I'm a very, I was always, I was a very buy the book. Like I live my life on a spreadsheet. Like if I couldn't figure out how it was going to happen, if I didn't have a pivot table to figure it out, yeah, like I, I was very uncomfortable. And what's, your, com- what's your sign? Aries. Okay. I don't know what that means. What does that mean?
0: No, I mean, it's, it's a fire sign. I don't really, I've never really interacted with that many Aries. Okay. I know that they're very goal oriented.
1: I used to be. So <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> No, nah, but like comedy has made me so uncomfortable because like sometimes I'm like I don't really know where I'm gonna get this next couple of dollars, and it used to make me so uncomfortable. Like, what if I don't? What what if what if I pay the bill next week and it's due today? Like, I don't understand what happens. Like, I just I was, but comedy has definitely taken me out of, like, out of that. Mm-hmm. And I've become like I've understood like stuff. is gonna happen in its own time, and you can, you can only do what you can do. And it's taught me life lessons I probably wouldn't have been comfortable learning any other way. Yeah, you know. What I mean? I I had no choice but to do it this way. So I think it's helped me grow um in ways that I don't always see. But then I'm like, no, you know what? I would have stressed out about that. I probably would have like stressed myself in the crying fit. And now I'm just like, yo, it's gonna happen. Like life's gonna happen. And I'm living the life that I that is that is that is my own. You know, I'm the one who decides how well I do. Yeah. You've been
0: doing it for eight years. You, you you're not starving you're not you don't have holes in your clothes you just gotta right. think about it it's like day at a time because it's interesting because even after you know everything that's happening with our country and and us not wanting to be funny on stage you realize that people still want comedy and I, yeah. and that's my way of like rationalizing it it's like sometimes you feel like we're doing such a trivial thing but then you have to look at every single moment in American history every single moment in history period especially when it's tumultuous there's wars there's fighting and the economy's crashed and people still want entertainment they still want yeah. entertainment yeah it's true so don't don't be so hard on yourself Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, no I'm not you, but I'm just saying anybody yeah. else listen out there. It'll be don't okay. Don't be on yourself. No. So let's ask the question. This is how I end every episode. Erin Jackson, what makes you a social misfit?
1: Oh, I didn't know. I had, There was a quiz. Um, <laughs> why are you, why are you telling me it was a pop quiz?
0: Because it's a pop quiz? I forgot. It's not on your spreadsheet. Are you freaking out right now?
1: Yes. So. I don't have anything prepared. What makes me a social misfit? Yes. Um, I'm, i don't i don't know i'm definitely antisocial i really like i'm a person who performs for people hundreds of people in an evening and um and i don't really like that i like seven people
0: what?
1: um so it, <laughs> like i feel like i like seven people in life like i'm not i'm not good with crowds i don't like people i don't like groups of people unless they're sitting in chairs and they're performing for them um so I don't know if that, that answers the question. I don't know what it makes me a social misfit. I love what I do. Um, and that's why I... Hold on, let me stop. Uh, what, what kind of
0: answer am I supposed to give, Chloe? The true what, one, an honest one, a genuine that, one. Oh,
1: what like, makes you I, a social I, misfit? I don't know what makes me a... Like, what, there's, moments,
0: there's moments in your life where you're like, I ain't no good.
1: Okay. Oh...
0: I mean, I'm super petty. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Why are you so petty? I Like, I am. Is that an am, only child? You're only child, right? I am an only child. Like, that, I am super a... petty. I guess if that makes me a misfit. Um, I, I mean, but you know what? Now, because petty petty has, has become, like, has risen to the top of the social acceptable things. Now, now it's fun to be petty. That's not, <laughs> that's not even a misfit.
1: It used to be. It used to be like, you're a bad person if you hold grudges and you're petty. Like, I don't let anything go. Mm. um so I remember everybody that's ever crossed me and 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 I'm gonna let you know that I remember it just in case even if you don't remember it don't you know so so that is something that I do I'm petty and I'm a hermit and I'm a hermit who is supposed to be an extrovert but really I'm not so I don't know what makes me a social
0: misty I don't know if I answered the question Chloe no that's all I yeah that's fine you're a hermit (laughs) you're a hermit who hates people <laughs> except for when I you
1: love, perform, except when I perform, and then I'm out of there.
0: Oh wait! Oh my gosh! Did you see Steve Harvey's letter to his crew mm-hmm. on his mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. show? Wait a minute. So the because di- <laughs> you, you made that made me think of it. Like you saying you hate people. <laughs> a
1: couple days before, I had heard this story about he was moving his show to LA. Right? Yes. You knew that, and then like he didn't take. He's not taking anybody with him. Like what? he just, just, all these people, did you, did you know this? Like all the people in chi- Chicago were like, okay, so we're moving to LA. Like we'll move ourselves. And he was like, no, y'all aren't Come with me. I'm hiring a new staff.
0: Damn. So,
1: yeah. So he started this new show. And then, then like two days later, I hear this letter. Like, don't
0: talk to me. Don't catch me in the hallway. Don't look at me in my face. I was like, yo. If like, you come into my dressing room, you will be escorted. You will be removed. And he said, is this for my well being?" Like that's super petty. Like that's beyond like. You work for me, but don't talk to me. But you know what it is? Because he is not an entertainment person. He is a man who was put in, put in a position. I don't know how his tra- trajectory happened, but he never understood the industry. And I think for him is that he probably was in a position where for so long, he was just talent. Like when he had the Steve Harvey show, like he might not have been in control of it, but he was just talent. And so now uh-huh. that he's in control of it, he feels like this is the way he needs to be treated as a level of respect. And he's demanding respect. But that's not how you do it. Because we all know the people who work behind the scenes last so much longer than the people oh, in front yes. of us. Yes, yes, yes. And they can make you look as good as they want you to look. Yo, let me tell you something. I was, I was, um, I was working on this live television show and I was in the control room and they had this director and it was her first time. And I, and I don't want to say it was because she was a woman, but I don't know what her reputation was. But when I tell you doing this live telecast, none of the cameramen were getting their angles right. None of them. None of them to the they point purposely, purposely just everything. off shit shaking i'm like come on now you know you in the union. you know how to hold a goddamn camera they were not they just it, everything was off and i don't i don't know if it wasn't because she just wasn't author, authoritative enough i don't know but they were not responding to her and she never came back and so when people do shit like that come on now right and you going to LA? Like he, he can't do that shit in LA. He can't tell people in LA. LA is the T V capital of the world. And you gonna tell people in LA that they can't talk to you and look at you?
1: Don't walk with me in a hallway.
0: Don't because it's for my own well being. For my own well being. What does that mean? Nobody told you to have fifty fucking jobs. How about yeah. that? How about you get? How about you let one of them jobs go and let somebody else make some money? Cause he has his radio show, which he does remotely every morning, thanks mm-hmm. to the power of technology.
1: He like we're his, doing,
0: yeah, like we're doing. He has his radio show in the morning. He has his talk show that he tapes during the day. Then he has little big shots on NBC and in the evening time. And he has syndication with Family Feud. He got full jobs. Yeah, yeah. And you mad about it? Yeah that's terrible it's just you know i mean i i mean it's something this is one thing i not liking people but this is, this is there's thing about being a professional like you're not no, paying. i went to his i've
1: been to the hoodie awards have oh, yeah. you stopped doing do that. that um and i went i was there as a part of the show that i was working on a couple of years ago and i uh, did a panel and so I did a it's like a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. So I did a panel, and then um, I went to the actual award show, and I was just like, "He is so disrespectful to people, and just so not not he's rude." I was just sitting there like I didn't even say for the whole thing. It was just
0: so he's rude on the he's hosting the show and being rude
1: hosting the show and just saying things. I mean, it's you know, it, it, it's not like it's on regular TV or anything like that, but like they're they're recording it. But I'm going, this is like the way he talks to people. It's not he doesn't. I, I I witnessed that firsthand, and just thought I oh, yeah. ain't gonna talk. Never talked. I couldn't work with somebody who talks to me like that. Yeah, um, and and yeah. So I mean, this it wasn't surprising, but I was like, whoa, they. I mean, the the
0: fact that it was out there, I was like, <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's another thing about is it going back to you know Bethune Cookman is like, who's going to tell him that he's inappropriate. Right. You know, even when he Perfect. went, even when he went to Trump Tower and 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 said hello to Donald Trump, like even the black community was like, yeah, you know, mm, he's in a position that he got that call though. It's like what?
1: No. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Then now you want us all to embrace you and feel and no, hear my
0: heart. What I meant was no. No, he thought no. he thought that he he thought I'm now I'm I'm about to get plugged in.
1: Right. Mm-mm. Yeah, I just. I mean, I haven't. Mm-hmm, I got stories on C Harvey. He, you we, better tell
0: us one. I want to hear
1: one. Spill it. I mean, even to the point where, because uh, it's it's my it's my story, but it's not. Let's just say, like somebody on that I worked with, um, we we were on a network where um, he was doing a project. He was doing a project on the network that our show was on, and he had done something crazy, and um, one of my co-hosts had tweeted about it, and his manager called the network to have the network call her to say, take your tweet down. Cause it was something that like I, Steve Harvey had said a thing or did a thing mm-hmm. and she commented on it. And they were like, if you want our show, you need to have that host that's on that other show on your TV show, on your, on your network. She needs to take that down because she's critiquing and we're on your network. And um, I mean, she did, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't Good. take it down. Um, but like, that's the level of like, Dude, you're not. You don't pay our bills. You're not our boss. You're not. And it wasn't even anything like it wasn't like she cussed him or said something. She just disagreed with the thing. It was like Donald Trump. Like he basically he was he was trying to be Donald Trump. No, retract that. Have them have them say that that's not true. Or you know, we're, we were like that's make him go away. So he we just just not just not fans
0: yeah 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 I don't like that I think I think you got to be a person and you have to be realistic and when you become famous and you interact with people you got to realize that it's really like when you're at that point where you're at the the head of uh, a brand of an empire if you will you it's not for you like you and you employ so many people there are people that come in there and make the coffee before you even wake up and you still want to treat people like shit like that's what you don't understand that's not a good thing that's not good. and
1: that's and it's interesting to me as a comic because how how you could come up that way because even as a comedian you know like if you go to a club and you work chloe it's important that you put on a good show and it's nice that the manager likes you but you know who else has to like you the servers yep. and the people who work there you have to treat people well you know what i mean and you you know what i mean like you, you you have to treat everybody well because everybody has a say you, you don't know. even realize it. so coming from a, a uh, an industry like that would be interesting it's interesting to me that he would
0: be that way
1: because you had to I don't know I mean, but, I, don't it's, know how but it,
0: I think it's but and I think, think it's that, that that's it's the old it's the old old black person mentality when they reach a certain level of success they truly believe that all of that all that they've accomplished is a result of them and them alone so he doesn't see that he was lifted up by people or stood on the shoulders of those before him. He's like, I did this because when you ever h- hear him tell his story, he's like, I was homeless. I was in a car. I had my kids and my wife, and I was doing it. Was like everything was him. Everything was him. Everything was him. Everything. He doesn't, you know, he does. It doesn't seem like he's appreciative of of his of his accomplishments because he's like, no, I'm old. This and also you got to think about it when you look at the kings of comedy. He was the least funniest one. That's why he went to hosting because he couldn't follow Bernie Mac. And then Bernie Mac got a television show that was like all these awards and Steve Harvey show was T-Rash, you know? So you think like, he knows that he wasn't the first pick. So he's like, nah, I'm here now.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he's accomplished a lot, but it, it's, 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 how do you, yeah. It's, it's just uh you, you would want to hear. Yeah. You just want to imagine that somebody had a better perspective and hopefully now that that's out, maybe he'll, feel like he was feeling after Trump. Like maybe I need to take a look at myself. I know. You know I, I, mean? was like tempted.
0: People... I was tempted to listen to the radio this morning, but I was like, I ain't doing it. I'll wait till somebody <laughs> blog about it. <laughs> I'm going to need the YouTube excerpt. Well, thank you so much, Erin, for sharing so much. No problem. Thanks for having me, Chloe. I'm glad we could do this because I'm allergic to your dog. I know. I know. And when she's asleep the whole time, she's like knocked out. Um, can you tell people where can we follow you? um please follow
1: me on where can you follow me on instagram and twitter both of those are at ej the comic and i'm on facebook find me i think it's Aaron jackson
0: comedy and erin that is my website thank you so much thanks for listening guys it's been another episode of social misfit appreciate you